This is a presentation of Blue by 90. Find us on Twitter at Blue by 90 and shop the merchandise at Blue by 90 shop.com. All right. Welcome back to Blue by 90. I'm Justin, joined by Jack and Kaylin. As always, it's been a little bit since we've recorded, boys. It's It's been a minute. We've uh, been enjoying our summers. I got married. I'm a I'm a married man now. He's so, gone. Sorry, ladies. For all the, for all three of you listening, uh, which one of them is probably my mom. Uh, I am. I still. I'm. I'm down. <laughs> I'm. I'm taken now. I. I'm off the. Uh, off the charts. Off the. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. But uh, yeah, I. I. It, it was a hell of a wedding. I will say. Like I'm gonna pat more more so i'm gonna pat my wife on the back because she planned like 95 percent of it or so um but we had a lot of fun great time i'm curious do you think more people care that you got married or really just don't give a shit what do you oh, think oh i don't know i mean if you like i don't know why you would care i care i appreciate that i'm kidding i don't care Okay. I do cool. care. I care. Oh, all right. Sounds good. I'm just um, more so disappointed that Crummy took your last name. I know. I mean, well, what a, what a, just like, that's like having your name be Picasso and changing it to Jeff. You know? I don't know. Do you, do you know that Picasso's first name wasn't Picasso? I know, but that's like the recognizable part. Crummy's first uh, name wasn't Crummy. Oh. Well, yeah. see, here's the thing. We thought about like if if you hyphenate it, then it's just like the it's the crummy version. Like she's the crummy version of Roe. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. Because like, doctors version like doctors like don't change your last name. Like I think she should have just like kept crummy. I think yeah, I think you should have changed your name to Mr. Jacqueline Crummy. <laughs> oh. Take the first name as well. Might as well. Huh. Never thought about the first name. And you should have wore a dress, too. I should have worn the dress. She should have. I mean, she 100% wears the pants. So that would have made more sense. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You did look look good. You got a three-piece suit on. Thank you. It was killing it. Thank you. Unrecognizable. Yeah. I'd I'd clean up every once in a while. It's not not terrible. Like, it's. It's like not great, but it's like, oh man, he doesn't look like shit today. Wow. Yeah. Kalen, I got a question for you because you weren't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's say hypothetically, you know, you're walking back down the aisle after like escorting the mothers, okay. you know, to, to their seats, and your um, best friend shouts something out to compliment you. Mm, Would friend. you respond or ignore them? Oh, 100% I'm responding. What are yeah. you talking about? Yeah. All right, that's what I thought. Huh. I expect no less. 
Just well, apparently doesn't doesn't do that. His best friend compliments his haircut and he just completely ignores me. And I asked him at the wedding, I was like, Oh, like you must not have heard me. He's like, No, I heard you. I was like, okay, fuck you. I mean, you I'm weren't leaving. the only person saying things. It was like it you whatever. I mean, when you're going up and down the aisles, you kind of gotta do like blinders, like horse like blinders. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, I mean, there's a lot of people there. It was like it was kind of distracting. I was very focused on what I needed to do. You were just trying not to fit, trip over your own feet. A thousand percent. I was yeah. so worried that I'd be like, oh, Jack, and then I'd be like, wham, uh, and it's over. <laughs> would have been great content, though. It would have been. Facebook. Um, I will say, I mean, how, Jack, I want to hear from you, like, how, how cool was it? scale of one to 10 when we flipped it to Rochella. I thought that was incredible. I mean, just the incredible idea to even make that a thing. Um, I know on the last episode, you talked about how much you hate people putting up like concert videos and whatnot. Well, there are a lot of concert videos for Rochella at that wedding. So That's I don't know. Can we, can we believe anything you ever say? Probably not. You know, I, I think wouldn't. you just kind of like shot yourself in the <laughs> foot there. Um, but Rochella was fucking sweet. I like that. I like like the logo and everything. Um, I wish there were t-shirts. I wish you guys wouldn't have cheaped out on that. You know, I would have liked to have a t-shirt come back with it that said Rochella on it. I mean, um, we did give you a, a light-up wristband with the inscription on it. Well, I mean, it's not like you know anyone who makes logos or anything. Yeah, right. right. I think, honestly, it would have been a, a smart move to review the, the guests and be like, hey, would you rather have a light-up thing or a t-shirt? You know, I would have huh. been able to put my input in there. Okay. The light yeah, up little sure. wristbands were cool. They were cool. Everybody was like yeah. glowing around, singing "Pump It Up." It was it was a good time. Yeah. No. I mean, I definitely understand that. I I figured that maybe that the free uh, filet mignon and and fifteen was that know, filet mignon? I wasn't uh, sure. drinks that you had would have been fine. No, it was great. Great meal. Yeah. Great drinks. Um, no, that's okay. That's we fine. had a we had a couple extra because Kalen wasn't able to make it. Right. Yep. So it worked Kaylin out. had COVID. Yep. Now I have COVID. So pissed. Now so you have COVID. COVID. Yeah. You're um, next, buddy. But, I mean, you know, the couple things that were just out, out of this world lit were when the power went out, like somebody stepped on the cord. Power went out. You don't remember this? Oh, reaching the Mr. Brightside? Yeah. And so. Yeah, that was incredible. The, the the power goes out like somebody steps on a cord and like the music goes out for a second all of a sudden everyone starts singing acapella mr brightside out of nowhere and it was like the most incredible thing of all time couldn't have been better timing people my like my dad jacqueline's dad everyone's like i thought you guys like planned that everyone's like no i i thought that was like real and i was like no that was just on the spot it happened wow I love that. And then pump it up was just it just it still fucks. It it still fucks so hard. It was electric. <laughs> um how was my performance of uh no hands? You pretty sang bad. no hands? It, it was, was pretty, pretty bad. bad. It was pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. I mean um, I will, uh, which verse? Four point five out of ten. It was four point five. Okay. All verses? No song. I mean, me and Jacqueline were like, we were like back and forth with the mic, I'd say. It was a struggle, but it was entertaining. 
I mean, that's the point. You yeah. know who – I mean, Alex Rowe, the best man, my brother. Fucking killed it. Bring it life. I mean, talk about a 12 out of 10. Uh-huh. He, he's a he's a seven and a half. Uh, he's he's hotter than a seven and a half, but he's a nine. Oh, but he but he can yeah. wrap ice Hard ice nine. baby. Twelve. He's mm-hmm. a twelve. Yep. Yeah. He murdered it. Uh, no, it was a, it was a hell of a time. I, I had Kalen. Kalen, did you have FOMO? What did you do while you were at home? Oh, I just cried. I just sat on the couch, super pissed. Just like this is bullshit. I so, should be there. I just like slammed beers by myself. <laughs> this is what they would be doing right now. Did you did you like go up to the counter, like put a dollar in a tip jar uh, <laughs> and just like pull a beer out of the fridge? Just I put a couple mason jars on the counter, you know, put a dollar in. Steph, I need you to stand at the bar for just like 20 minutes, okay? I'm going to walk up to you pretending like I'm at a wedding. I need you to serve me drinks, okay? Right. I'm just going to act like That's an asshole and order like a bunch of shots, you know. I'm ordering a bunch go, of drinks. I'm not going to tip. You know, just, I just need you to be aware of that. Go go up to the to the counter. So, how many weddings have you done this weekend? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pay with a $2 bill, like the whole nine. Right. Oh, my yeah. goodness. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we're we're here. I'm married. Um, it's married life is good. Married life is great. Uh, nothing really changed. I no. I <laughs> don't tell my grandma, but I have been living with Jacqueline for quite some time now. Um, so, um, yeah, no, we just I will say this um, like, Jack, I don't I don't know if you uh felt this and Kaylin, you may feel this someday too like the depression after the wedding <laughs> of just like all right we had like a year and a half of planning this thing and it's like for me like i'm very event-based like love throwing tailgates love throwing parties that type of thing and i was like i've been thinking about the playlist and like how this night was gonna go for every day for the last almost two years and then, like, all of a sudden, Sunday morning hit. It was, like, the biggest hangover, anxiety, depression of all time. I was like, it, it's fucking, like, we're not, we're, we're not doing this again next weekend. It's just, it's just over. I can, I can relate to the biggest hangover, anxiety of all time. Um, mostly because I was super hungover and anxious after we left your, uh, after we left your wedding. But, <laughs> dude, I was fucking, like, ecstatic. I'm like, it's finally over. I mean, I didn't plan shit for our wedding. <laughs> I, really? I did. I made sure the guys wore what they wore. Heather took care of everything. And I was just like, thank God Bridezilla's gone. You know, she, you know, she executed it to perfection. You're not supposed to say that out loud about your wife, but. No, you know, she, she knew what she was doing. I wasn't going to try to ruin anything. You know, I wanted to let her plan it all because I knew she'd do it better than I would. And she did. And it turned out incredible. And, um. I'm glad it was over. You know, we were able to do you know, like our little mini moon in Traverse City after the first one. Um, after the second one, we kind of just chilled and it was like nice to just enjoy it because we did all the stuff for the first one already. Um, but no, I just, uh, I look forward to the tailgates now. I look forward to Justin Rowe being my uh, event planner for tailgates. I can do that. What's up, dude? I can do that. Speaking of, I mean, we, I, I cannot wait to, Tell everybody what our plans are for the for tailgating. I don't even know what the plans are for the tailgating. I'm keeping it under wraps from you guys. I love it. 
It's gonna be yeah. like uh, LeBron. The uh, what was it the reveal or what the hell do you call it? The uh, the decision. The decision. Yeah. Promo video about to be lit. Oh, the uh, promo video for for what we have here. I mean, we've got a we've got another promo video coming out here, probably towards the end of this week or early next week, depending on how things go. But like, dude, you got to stop hitting your microphone. Jesus Christ! It is just like sounds like a storm. You're in the wind or something. Yeah. Yeah. My bad. It's too sensitive. Um, It's too good. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Um, But. yeah, I mean the 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 things that we have planned right now. I I am so fucking pumped for. Like it's it's gonna be ridiculous. I think we're like legitimately gonna change the game a little bit. Like I don't want to I don't want to hype it up too much, you know. But wow, that's that uh that's big time. I like it though. Hey, why not? Why not? Can you give us a sneak peek? Seeing as I have no idea what's going on. Well, I'm I'm talking about some things that you do know what are going on. Oh, yeah, we got a lot coming out. Lots. That's a real question, Jack. Do you know what's going on? (laughs) I no. I'm just like I was told to grow a mustache, and now I'm like sticking to it, taking a little bit too far, but I really enjoy it. I think I'm a mustache guy now. I think that's just my thing. I think Heather's gonna have to accept it. And um, I'm really excited about it. So, you know, we'll see how it progresses. Yeah. I mean, it sounded like when she was just down there that she is totally for it. So yeah, there was like no pushback whatsoever. It wasn't like I'm going to fucking kill him and yep. like he better grow everything back or anything no. that was negative. I just kind of like, yeah, in here, in one ear, out the other. Yeah. You know, she doesn't mean it. Positive vibes only. She does, exactly. She's so negative. Take it, a look at the bright side here, okay? Yeah. Was that a teaser? Maybe. I don't know. Was it? All right. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what's I happening. I imagine people listening to this are really fucking confused. Right? Like, what the <laughs> fuck are these guys talking about? Don't even try to understand it, okay? They just spent six out. minutes saying nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, the, the last thing I'll say about my wedding too, is I did You're the really per- just riding this train. Aren't you? <laughs> no, let's keep talking about your wedding. Jesus Christ. Oh 14 gosh. minutes into the podcast. We started off with it. Let's keep it going. What else you got? What else you got? <laughs> All right. Moving on. No, so now I need the, to know. It's so um, important. It's so important. Say it. No, I don't want to anymore. It's really? only the biggest day of my life, and you gave me five minutes to talk about it, and now I can never talk you about it again. Liar. I already told you twenty seven twenty one is the best I'm, day of your life. You, you told me that I'm depressed now, and I told I, you, you said that I told I told you that I'm depressed. I can't even talk. I'm so depressed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is good. We should only record every three weeks now. Our yeah, because then we up. just like there's a lot of built up anger towards each other yeah it's good (laughs) great content yeah well um all right so uh the couple things that i think i do want to touch on so we're going to talk to brandon justice from uh the maize and blue review rivals.com here in a minute he was at uh big 10 media days today and so what like do we want to save all that for brandon or do we want to talk a little bit about what happened I think we can talk a little bit about what happened if you guys have anything. I mean, I was just like, 
I I just thought the edge of everybody there, like it just doesn't feel like they are. And we've talked to a lot of these guys behind the scenes too, right? Like it, it, the feel from all these guys is like, they are not satisfied after last season. Like they are still like chip on their shoulder, like ready to go to battle again. I think my favorite thing that I learned from big 10 media days um, was Zach Shaw, former third grade classmate. Um, <laughs> shout out. And I open hated that fucking teacher? school. What? Who was the teacher? Ooh, third grade. Fuck, who was the teacher? Your third grade teacher? Uh, yeah. I want to say it's with a D. The first two names that come to mind are Doubtfire and Dumbledore, but I know they're both wrong. <laughs> I think you were in... Uh... Are you sure those are wrong? I mean, they might be right. Dale. Dale. Was it Dale? I... Dale. Dale, because we went by first names and I open. Dude, this fucking school was twisted. Okay, what? so we went by first name. So Dale, I had Dale. Dude, it was like very hippie Ann Arbor, like yes, oh. yeah. yeah. So Zach Shaw was in my, uh, he was in my class then. So I, I've known him from then. I actually tried to give him a hug one time because I was weird and I made him cry. It was a whole, it's a whole thing. It's very strange. But anyway, he <laughs> tweeted out about uh, how Eric Gall's due date for his kid yes. is August what August 26, twenty twenty one. He 27, said, "Hey, I'll let yeah. you guys do the math." And uh, that's just beautiful. Literally <laughs> nine months to the day Literally of yeah. the Michigan-Ohio State game. I mean, this is beautiful. That yeah, kid is – it's like destiny. Talk right? about like, the immaculate conception. Literally. Oh <laughs> beautiful, literally. yes. Like, he – I don't even know. It, he might not have gotten laid that night. It was just like it just happened, you it know? Happened. You know, Jesus banged – Mar- Marilyn Monroe, Magdalene, Marilyn, <laughs> Marilyn Monroe. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Magdalene, Marilyn. What was her name? Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene. You know, <laughs> but he didn't bang her, and there was a baby. That's what happened. Uh, we were just talking about how we went to a hippie school. So you, yeah, <laughs> you do know that Jesus didn't bang her, right? Because that's Jesus what I'm saying. Like he banged her, but didn't born. bang her. It was like a whole like well, X-Men no. type thing. No, you like I don't. I don't think you're getting it. It was Joseph. Um, that was Joseph banged Jesus, <laughs> who banged Magdalene, Marilyn Monroe banged Eric All, and they had a baby. See that now it's all coming full circle. All right, I think that's that makes where sense. we're at. That adds up. Yeah, I'm cool no, with that. Uh, August 27th, exciting stuff. Um, Very so exciting. yeah, um, the other thing I wanted to talk about too before we bring Brandon on here is it took literally like two or three statements from Jim Harbaugh, and I was like, I'm fucking back into football immediately. It's just like, bring football back to me right now. Were you just uh, – were you following on Twitter, or were you, did you have somebody dropping stuff for you or what? No, I didn't. I was just following on Twitter. I saw a couple clips come up of him talking, and it was just like – it just felt like it was so back. Well, J- and Jake Butt was there. So I was talking right. to him a little bit because um, I'd been talking to him in the past couple of days. He was trying to do some stuff with uh, with some interviews with guys and coaches. And so, um, like, he was sending me some things. And it, it just – it feels like we're so close. 39 days. 39 days. Crazy how close we actually are. Like, that's right around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Camp is, like, here for them. Like, camp Big starts, guy. like – 
next week or two weeks now. I think it's like Dang. first week of August. I got to talk to Jared about getting one of those uh, blue with the maze pinstripe baseball jerseys. Yeah. With like, like what Jacqueline got you with the blue by 90 on the back. Yeah. I think that'd be fire. I need to get that for tailgating season. I like that a lot. Mm. Tailgate season right around the corner. My God, it's all like. Very exciting. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. All right. Well. With that, let's just uh, let's keep talking about uh, um, some Big Ten media days and previewing the Michigan football season. We're going to bring on Brandon Justice of uh, the Amazing Blue Review and Rivals.com, and we will see you guys in a minute. Another special guest with us today, coming from the Rivals website, the Amazing Blue Review, Brandon Justice. Brandon, thanks for joining us, man. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys having me on. I've uh, been paying attention to the pod for a while, so it's a honor to be here. Honor to be here. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. We've, uh, you know, I I think I knew who you were like a, a long time ago, even before us coaching baseball together. But um, just from like recruiting stuff, like how, how long have you actually been doing recruiting stuff at this point? So – it's been interesting because I started with recruiting when I was 18 at Mason Brew um, for Anthony Broom. Yep. And Broom replaced Henschke. So it was like a, a passing of the torch type of deal. And then I think I was at Mason Brew for like a few months before I went to Rivals for my first stint. So, yeah, since I was 18 was when I started. I was full time for the first time, 19. So turning 26 next week. So it's like... It's getting, it's getting, we're getting towards like seven, eight years at this point, which is kind of wicked. A couple high, like a hiatus there in the middle, but nonetheless. Yeah. No, it's cool. It's cool for sure. Um, I think the first thing that everyone is really waiting to hear from you was how was the seafood in Indianapolis uh, <laughs> that you, from the side of the road that you said you were going to get? It was so good that it put me to sleep for 15 hours. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I got back to the hotel in like the middle of nowhere, Indy, and, uh, I absolutely destroyed that, like smashed it. Uh, it was a fish sandwich. They told me what kind of fish it was, and I didn't even understand what they were saying. Uh, <laughs> no, that, that's how you know it's good. <laughs> they like they knew I wasn't understanding them, so they followed it up with "it's a type of fish," and I was like, "Oh, all right, sure." <laughs> like, because I, I went up. So it was like if you could see in the picture, and if you haven't seen it, I'll, I'll describe it. It was quite literally a, a tin trailer, probably about twenty five feet long. <laughs> And they had a parking lot and a shed and they were in between a bell tire and a hotel. So if you want to talk about like the perfect spot for someone like you're waiting for your tires to get rotated, like I'm going to head over to that tin can right next to this place. Oh, I'm at a hotel for the weekend. All right. Look at that perfect tin thing right there. So you walk up to the window and you have to pretty much just decide what you want. The menu's huge. I have no idea what's going on. And I'm like, hey, what's the signature? And she says this fish I couldn't understand. So I ended up getting the fish sandwich. Hush puppies are a classic. And uh, I got candied yams. And uh, I mean, whoa. I mean, it was delicious. It was like the great. They had this tartar sauce, like signature tartar sauce that kind of had like some Chick-fil-A sauce type of vibe to it. And yeah, I fell asleep at 830 and missed this pot the first try at this and uh, woke up and it was 730 in the morning. And I was like, oh, my God. And I and I still fell back asleep until like 10. So um unbelievable I, such a good experience that it was bad almost yeah i mean that's fucking unreal i love it um <laughs> i i honestly like i would be lying if i said i wasn't like worried for your health 
when all of a sudden we didn't get a response from you for a good 12 hours. And it was like, um, okay. Like, first of all, for, at first I was like, oh, you know, he's probably doing shit in Indy. Like they went out with, you know, a, a couple of the other reporters or like, you know, something happened or he had to drive home or something happened. And then all of a sudden, like, it was like 10 a.m. And I was like, um, so like, did he actually die from seafood intake or, or what happened here? I, uh, I was getting to the point where I was worried for myself this morning. Like I got in the shower and I was like, okay, like I didn't drink last night. Like I, I didn't even go out. I didn't make it out. Like I, I was, we were all kind of talking about potentially doing it. I didn't even get to the point where I could consider it because I right. fell asleep before sunset. Um, so that was crazy. <laughs> and I'm in the shower and I'm like, I haven't felt like this. I don't even know where I'm at. Like I, I felt like I was like, I haven't felt like this since like 22. Like I, I, I haven't woken up this bad since pink brunettes and Mountain Dew. Like I, I this is, <laughs> this is tough. This is brutal. And uh, dude, I, I, it probably took like 30 minutes on the road until I was finally like, okay, I'm human again. It was strange. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever slept so long that you like aren't even a human being, but that's like, yeah, that's how I, I felt like I was in a sim world at that point. Like my, my life had completely done a 180. It was, it was strange. Um, took you to a totally different planet. Like it like was LSD so good in the food or something. And you just floated away. I, dude, I couldn't even put into words how I felt this morning. Like it was so good that I, that I, it, took, it was an out of body experience, but like, it wasn't an out of body experience for like an hour. It was an out of body experience for like 16 and a half hours. Like the hour before I fell asleep, the hour after I woke up and then the 15 hours I slept in between, it was like, if anyone is looking for a psychedelic experience, but they're not willing to like do things that are illegal go to fresh catch kitchen in indianapolis on the side of a road that i don't even remember but if you really want it i'll look up the hotel and find a way to, to drag my maps there because that is an out-of-body experience and you will learn some things about yourself along the way <laughs> well when we go to uh the, the next big 10 championship this year um well we're all gonna do a live podcast live review <laughs> of fresh catch chicken or fresh fresh catch kitchen they have two uh, picnic tables out there, so it's the perfect place for a podcast. Perfect, perfect. I can't wait. Um, no, I, I, it was hilarious. We're glad. Twenty four hours later, we're here. Um, and so, tell us about Big Ten Media Days. Then, so I've never been to Big uh, Big Ten Media. Is this Day. it? That's it. Oh yeah. Oh, oh hell yeah. <laughs> That's it. There's like oh. a ramp up to it and everything. Oh, dude, it's. <laughs> It is everything like you would want it to be and more like it's four people in a trailer making seafood all day. There's one cashier. There's three cooks. You don't know when your food's done. They say, hey, it's about 15 minutes and you just go to your car. And then at the 15 minute mark, I was like, well, well I mean, they say Dude, 15 minutes. They literally just you- like go to Lowe's and they just buy aluminum siding and they just put it on a shed. Dude. And then they sell you. That sounds incredible. Blue by 90 fresh catch. I'm just saying. Like, I mean, that'd be we, awesome. We should. We should. Um, but, all right. Sold. Big time media days. Uh, media. <laughs> we, at some point, I promise we'll start talking football. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, I haven't been to big time media days. It felt, I said it on, we recorded a little thing before we had you on here too. Um, we, um, uh, you know, it felt like this is the start of football season a little bit. This is like the kickoff camp hasn't started quite yet, but like 
it felt like people are gearing up to be in the football season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my first Big Ten media day was 2016, 2017. One of those two years, I can't really remember. I think it was 2016, but I went with uh, like the Rivals crew back then, who's now the On Three crew. And uh, like John U. Bacon was in our car. I was like 19, and I was like, "What the hell is going on right now?" Um, <laughs> so that was my first experience, and that was one in Chicago. So this is the first year they've had it in Indy, and it was it was on the field, like on the field, which was wicked to me as well um yeah. i got turf still in my shoes so as far as but yeah i mean this is i've always said this is the gateway like big time media day is the gateway to the season it's like the arch that takes you right into fall camp and then from there the season and then it really all gets going uh you come back home and you got like a week to kind of because next weekend like this weekend coming up and the weekend after is like the a national holiday for reporters to go do all of the things they said they were going to do in between point A and point B that they didn't do. Like they have not, they now have two weeks to go do those things because yeah. as soon as it's over, like it's time. Um, so yeah, media days is one of those things where, you know, I really wish that Michigan's day included state and Ohio state because you would get some more bullets and board stuff. Now, some people stayed for that second day. I didn't, but you know, typically you at least get like a Mel Tucker or a Ryan day mixed in with Harbaugh's day. But it really yesterday was all about Harbaugh. I mean, yeah. Nobody really wants to talk to like the other coaches that were there. I mean, Indiana had a bad year. Maryland's all right. Um, you know, Iowa's right. Like Iowa every year, you're out. They're interesting, but like they're still very much so Iowa. Um, so there's just not a whole lot of like panache in that day outside of like Harbaugh. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, as far as how yesterday went, like Harbaugh had an hour long presser and like that's not going to happen again until next year's media day so that's really the advantage and then you get like an hour of Cade, an hour of eric all an hour of mazzy smith and uh and dj turner and uh yeah it's a, it's a good way to to gateway everything into there and to, to kind of get an idea so uh tons of questions asked this year you know between how many things are new in college football this year between nil and super conferences and usc and ucla i mean it's endless there's just so many topics to cover that are new that you almost forget about like, Oh, how's your roster. Right. So it's, you know, big time media day is always, I think the gateway. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, I think that's, it's, it's one of those things too, where you, everyone's looking forward to Jim Harbaugh. Right. And I mean, he makes headlines, whether we like that or not, especially some of the headlines that have happened very recently, which are like, um, you know, I'm not a stick to sports type of guy, but you know, you know, it's it's some some of those times you're just like, you wouldn't mind if uh, Jim Harbaugh was on ESPN for something about football instead of <laughs> something else. Um, but anyway, so I think that um, with it just seems to me like Jim Harbaugh is still very like he's still buttoned up, but he has loosened up. It does seem like I mean. He can now walk in there with a little puff in his chest. I mean, he's probably fucking pumped to be at media days, unlike every other year where he's got to walk in and say, you know, uh, all right, this is the year we're going to do it type of thing, right? Yeah, I mean, you could certainly tell there was some, like, relaxation there for him, I think. But I think that guy is – and I've written this so many times. Like, that that guy is exactly who he is. Like, he he's – he doesn't put on a show for anyone in any scenario. He's pretty much always the same person. The only time I really think that he gets a bit away from himself is if you see him in a post gamer, that's a loss and it's a bad loss. And like seldom does he lose games. He's supposed to win. Right. 
He loses Ohio State games on the road and at home over the past seven years up until last year. He lost, you know, some some games against Penn State, Michigan State. He should, you know, maybe maybe he shouldn't have lost, right? Especially seventeen. But outside of that, like he doesn't necessarily blow games, right? Like like the winnable games, he's typically winning. That's kind of always been his like narrative here is that he wins the one he should and loses the ones that he should, right? So uh, it, it was interesting to see him in a in a way that he's kind of the the big man on campus, quote unquote, where. He's coach of the year in in the conference from last year. His team won the championship. The banners are hanging inside of Lucas Oil now, so he has that. And, you know, everyone wanted to know what that's like for him. And he was just kind of yeah. like, you know, it's it's great, but now we're focused on this year, right? It's, it's- I, I do want to, like, I want to sit and have, you know, four bourbons with him or whatever he's drinking, get him loose, and I want him to just be like, Fuck yeah, dude. It was awesome. You know, right. like I want that Jim Harbaugh, honestly, at some point. Yeah, somebody asked him, like, hey, um, I think it was Mozzie. He was like, Yeah, Mozzie Smith said earlier today that, you know, after the Ohio State game, like how happy you were, like couldn't could not be equated. And uh and Harbaugh res- responded, and this is paraphrasing a bit, but his, his response was something along the lines of, Well, yeah, I think I'm a happy guy in general. Like, you know, I'm always laughing and having fun, but hey, not gonna lie to you, that day was a pretty good day. You know, we we were happy that day. We were happy to beat Ohio State that day. So that's like yeah. the extent of it that he's gonna. I mean, there is something like you can't just you can't also. It, it, I want to see him be that happy and like express that, but also if he comes out in this press conference and he's like, you know, that was the happiest day of my life, or like some, you know, something like that. People are gonna give him shit, like. Okay, you still lost, you know, the the month later or whatever. So it's a it's a double edged sword as well. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, he uh you can't like make that day out to be like a miracle. Like, right, they're, they're right, trying, exactly. They're trying to treat it like we did it, now we gotta do it again. And I think there was a really good quote out of DJ Turner from that from Media Day, and he said, We know how to do it. Now we need to know how to do it again. Or it was something like that. He said, like, we, we know how to do it. Now we need to know how to do it again. Uh, and, again, paraphrasing because I heard so many words yesterday. And yeah. so many quotes. But, but, again, I think that was a good way to put it was, like, this team understands, like, just because they did it last year, it still took them eight years to do it, right? Like, it's it still took everything Harbaugh had for the past few years. It's, it took him getting rid of friends. Like, you think about what led to that. They had to get rid of Drevno, who was a buddy – had to get rid of Don Brown, who inevitably became a buddy, right? And had to like root out so many different things. So to get to that point, it feels like a mountaintop to some people. And they're trying to make it out to not be. They're trying to make it out to be another checkpoint along the way. And I I appreciate the approach. Was there anything that Harbaugh said in particular that got you maybe like, a little bit extra hyped for the season coming up, a little bit excited, a little bit like, oh, I didn't really think about it that way, or I didn't know that. Now I'm kind of, like, geared up. You know, he said he thinks the defense is going to be better. And, like, I know that, wow. that some, sometimes it's coach speak and all, but, like, he said he wouldn't be surprised if the defense was better. And, like, that's obviously a pretty lofty quote considering the defense they had last year. Right. Uh, but I think what he is noting in that is, like, the – the past defense, we both, we all know, like the past defense wasn't lights out last year. Like they played their asses off against Ohio State and did some things that you'd never expect. 
but like CJ Stroud still threw for over 400 yards. Like, you know, like <laughs> we're not going to sit here and pretend like he didn't chuck that ball around. Like there was no tomorrow. And should he, and, like, and they gave that? up, sorry to interrupt, but like outside of the Iowa game, they did give up points all year oh, long yeah. too. Yeah, no doubt. So I, I think that was an interesting quote because I think so many people look at last year's team and point towards the defense, but fail to realize that they averaged over 40 points a game and they had the most 40 plus yards plays in the country. Like Michigan was so good last year, not because of their defense, but a little bit of everything. Special teams was excellent, like lights out. Offense was super uh, methodical and like system. Like it was such a system that they like bought into and stuck with and never budged from. And usually that does not play for them, but it played so well for them last year. And then of course the defense was great and the pass rush was tremendous. Like don't get me wrong, um, but I feel like like national puns especially are always just automatically zeroing in on the defense and like fail to realize how many other things went right for them besides that. Uh, and then the Iowa game is like the perfect example of all three kind of like coming together. Right. But uh, that Ohio state game is a good example because like how many times can a football team win a game, especially the way that they won that game by giving up as many yards as they did. Right. Like that doesn't happen too often. I think they understand that. I think they get that like, Hey, we can't do that again and get away and expect to get away with it. And so I think that quote was really what got me thinking like, oh, okay. Like if the defense can be better than last year, like, all right, like game's on, like, let's, let's go. Yeah. I, and I think that, I mean, over the last eight years, I was always like, well, how do you beat Ohio state? Right. We're not going to outscore them is what I kept thinking to myself. Like you're not going to score 60 points or whatever when they're beating us 63 to 32 or whatever it was or 62 to 39 um you know those types of scores uh and i was like you got to beat them with defense well they did hold them to 27 which holding ohio state to 27 might as well be shutting out any other team but they also did score 42 and they scored just about every time down the uh you know on on the in the second half they scored every time uh you know that they had the ball so those things are huge. So, you know, I, it is interesting to, to hear that. I like that quote. How about Cade McNamara? When you're when you're hearing him at the podium, um, you know, I just had a conversation with him uh, on the TNT Wolverine podcast as well. Sat in studio with him after our um, our trip to the National Guard base. I really like Cade McNamara. I know everyone wants JJ. I don't. I you know. There's a lot of other things outside of just sitting in a room with them. There's talent that obviously you need. Um, but I love where he's at in terms of a, a mature leader. What did you think when you were hearing him? Yeah, I mean, Kate is just like – he's just a right down the middle guy, you know. Like he, he doesn't really uh, get too high or too low. Like he, he really stays so even-keeled and like he's really like incredible with his words. Like Like his dialect is like so far beyond his age and – um, like the way he converses is so like beyond what most college athletes are, are, are at. And um, I think some people take that as like douchiness in a way sometimes, but like he really is like this, this leader, like you, you kind of described it, but he is a natural leader and he's kind of talked that way. Cause I talked to him as a recruit and had him out on, on a podcast as a recruit. And even back then, like he, he was a good speaker so he's always had that that leadership quality to him. And like he had those Drew Brees comparisons out of high school, not as like a player, but just as a person. And then you combine the fact that he is like the size of Drew Brees and he has that and like his his game is accuracy and, and game control. And like 
he's a glorified game manager, but he's more than that type of deal. So he had those comparisons coming out of high school, but you know, he was talking at the podium and he said something that really like struck me. And it was, you know, we're not going to be complacent because as soon as you get complacent, you either stay as good as you are or you get worse. And I thought that was like a really mature thing to say, because how easy would it be for the team that did everything no team before it has done for Michigan to get complacent and to think that, hey, this is just going to naturally repeat itself because we have so much returning production and, you know, we add Olu and we get Ronnie back. Like, of course, we're going to be great. It's really not his attitude. Like he can he can go up there and flaunt his chest and puff up all he wants. And he, he don't get me wrong, like the whole I'm a Big Ten championship winning quarterback. I'm not worried about a quarterback. Like, don't get me wrong with those quotes are like, all right. Right. But like, I get it. You know, he's defending his block. Like, you know, how do you go out there, win a Big Ten championship, beat Ohio State, be like the first quarterback to do that? And everyone in Michigan circles are questioning the fact that you're going to go start again. Like, I would talk my shit, too. And it's not even like he's like he is. He's just defending his block, I think, just kind of saying like, hey, I did what I did. And like, I'm going to go try my very best to do it again. And so you see a lot of Harbaugh in him, really. You see like a much more rounded version because Harbaugh is the most unique individual maybe on the planet so I wouldn't like say they're the same same person but you see that like selflessness you see that like will to succeed and drive to win and the leadership that Harbaugh has and I think that's why like Jim loves him so much uh, is because of that but I think that statement about complacency is like Harbaugh's got to be like sweating and joy over that one (laughs) yeah I heard the quote from Jim I think it was uh goals for the season right beat Ohio State, beat Michigan State, win a Big Ten title, win a national title. Um, I'm curious if you heard anything from Jim or any any players that was maybe like a, I don't know, that resonated, uh, kind of related to those quotes. W- one of those parts about, to me, that sounds like really interesting is the win a national title part because I think we all saw what happened on the national stage, granted against basically an NFL team, but like, to me, I, that's kind of where I'm like, oh, I kind of wonder what the, you know, players take is on some of that, those goals for the team. I don't know if you had any insight on that. Yeah. So, well, first off, I think, or I know, like within the locker room, what was the one thing they didn't accomplish last year it was the national championship. So that's the one thing that like, that's the one bowl they didn't, they didn't complete. Like that's the one plate that still has some food on it. And they got to finish that play. Like they, and that was their big thing last year. Like their, their, their MO was really just eating everything in front of them, whether it was Ohio state, whether it was national championship, whatever. Well, the other plate that stayed full was Michigan state. And those are the two things they didn't do last year. They didn't be Michigan state and they didn't win a national championship. And the narrative coming off of last year was all about how they beat Ohio state and they won the big 10, but nobody talked about the fact they didn't beat Michigan state nationally. Now I know Michigan folks, of course, and Michigan state folks, of, of course. Uh, but you know, nationally, like nobody really cared that they didn't beat MSU. It was just like, they, they did everything else. Like, Oh, they lost to a top 10 team on the road. Like that happens to every team. Uh, but for Michigan, I think that they, they marked their calendars. And, I, and the quote that I got from that was Eric all who said, yeah, like we, we have to take Michigan state more serious. Like last year, I feel like we were all in an Ohio state. We were so focused on, things that are needed to happen for Ohio state. We had the Ohio state drill. So he mentioned when maybe we'll have a Michigan state drill this year. Like we got to take that rivalry as serious as we take the Ohio state rivalry. And I feel like last year we got too focused on one and not enough on the other. And, and of course, like 
we should all scratch our heads at that because they went to Michigan State and the Spartans run defeated top 10 team. Like that's a top 10 matchup. I don't think there's any questioning the fact that the day of they took that game as serious as they took Ohio State. But they had a drill dedicated to Ohio State that they ran every day of practice. And so there's no doubt they took that rivalry serious. Now, granted, they hadn't beat Ohio State in, in a much longer time than they had since they hadn't beat um, Michigan State. So, you know, you understand the motive there. Uh, but again, like this team and this program, they're they're very like I don't know how to describe it. Like they're they're on their own island and they don't care what anyone else has to like say about them or think about them. Because when you ask somebody asked Eric all like, oh, what do you think about nobody picking you guys to repeat? Like it's it's consensus media poll that said Ohio State will win the Big Ten this year. Like what do you think about that? And he laughed and he's like, I, I don't care what anybody thinks about our team. So they're very internal. There there's like there's no blinking for this team. I asked Harbaugh, like, you know, what's up with NIL? How is that going to – how do you um, navigate that with your locker room? Like, there's got to be some pocket picking type of thing. Like, someone's counting pockets eventually, right? And and I didn't phrase it that way, obviously. But, you know, that's kind of what I was alluding to. And he's like, it doesn't affect our locker room at all. Everyone's happy for everyone. Everyone's rooting for everyone to go do better in NIL. But at the end of the day, these, just, these guys just want to get better at football. And they just want to play football. And they don't care about the extracurricular stuff. We don't talk about hype. We don't talk about NIL. We don't talk about recruiting. They just want to get better at football today, tomorrow, the next day, blah, 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 right? So I think that's a really good way to kind of wrap up everything they said in regards to those goals. It's, you know, the the, the first side of it is the fact they didn't complete all those last year, and then they want to this year, and they feel they're capable of it. Um, but at the same time, like, they don't care what anyone has to say or any narrative they have to create uh, regarding it either, so. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I've talked, obviously I've been involved with the NIL stuff a lot um, with Valiant and like talked with these guys a lot about it. And do, is everyone trying to get a paycheck? Yes, 100%. Um, but I think that they all see a bigger picture too. Like talking to Zach Zinter and Trevor Keegan specifically, you know, they heard the, oh, everyone at Nebraska, every lineman at Nebraska makes 50K, you know, a year. And they're like, they don't really care. They're like, we get some extra stuff, like more, we get, we get cash, you know, they, they, they're paid, um, you know, whatever they're paid. There's not a number against it right now. I don't think, but um, they're like, as long as we're kind of taken care of to an extent, we're all here for a bigger picture. And that's not bullshit. You know, there's, there, are, there are guys that are making a lot of money and they're also okay with guys making a lot of money. Like, they everyone's pretty understanding why Blake Corum gets paid what he gets paid, you know, and JJ and Cade and, you know, go down the list. Right. And so, like, I, I really don't think it's an issue with with guys right now, which is a, a good thing, um, you know, and they just to me, I just think that's really rare in the year 2022. I, w- I would be willing to bet if you went around to most locker rooms, it's like, you know, yeah, we have issues with that. I, I most people would admit to that. I maybe not in a press conference at Big Ten Media Days, but behind closed doors. Yeah, and you think about the Addison, the receiver from Pitt, Jordan Addison, I think his name is, or yeah. something like that. He transferred to USC, and now there's all these reports coming out that he's pissed off because he got to USC and he didn't get any of the promises through NIL that he was promised in order to go to USC. And then you start to think about a lot of the reports over the past couple of weeks, where like a multitude of recruits. And they're now freshmen who are at the schools that they committed to go to because of that NIL promises. And when they get there, they're not fulfilling them and they're pissed off. So it it can be as simple as like, okay, it's a locker room issue because X player is making more than X player, but that player thinks he's better than that. And all of a sudden there's that. Well, there's also the side of it where it's like, 
why would I want to be here if like nobody cares about me, right? Like, like I'm, I'm being told I'm making X amount of dollars and then I show up and I don't even get a percentage of that. Like, no, like why would I want to, it's almost like you think about it. First of all, like amateurism is over, right? These right. guys are football players. That's their job now. Their job is to show up and, and be really good at football and hopefully get paid for it through NIL, right? So like, what, what do you say about it when amateurism is over and you show up to your job and you're supposed to make 50 K for your job, you show up and you're three weeks in and you're still only getting paid 38 K right. that's a problem. Right. So the fact that that's happening around the country is worrisome to, to most, but Michigan has done like an excellent job in making this sustainable and keeping it, keeping everyone on earth and like understanding that there's a process to this and everyone's is different. But at Michigan, they're going to cross T's and dot I's. And it might not be sexy. Like, you know, we might not see ESPN tweeting that JJ's making 2.5 mil this year. But, like, JJ's on the roster and he's a backup and no one's worried about him going anywhere. Right. And, like, that holds more weight than him making a ton of money to be the starter, in my opinion. So, Yeah, in the long term, for sure. I just think they've done a good job. I mean, they get so much shit for, like, the NIL stuff. And I just sit there and, like, I'm like, do you understand, like, how – fiscal like reality works like right. no yeah. one it doesn't make it quinn ewers just went to ohio state for nearly two million and he didn't even stay like did anybody learn a lesson there like he was there for three months and was like i'm out of here thanks for the cash chevrolet dunning wherever the fuck it was now i'm out you know and it's like does anyone bleak an eye at that does anybody like well, and i think too like there's this there's this bad perception that it's unlimited money that there's just unlimited money ready to go around for everyone. And that's just not the truth. Like, yes, there is there are there like boosters out there that are willing to come up and be like, yes, what do you need? Yeah, absolutely. But there's just like there's this idea that Michigan football makes billions of dollars every year and that they can just like throw, you know, 75 percent of that towards NIL. And just like there's also there's a kitty, too. I've got a cat over here, too. Um, but there's like, there's, there's just, you know, there's 300 employees that, you know, at the, at the athletic department that you got to pay, there's facilities that you got to keep the lights on at. There's like, you know, and, and there's this other part too, where like, there's a project right now for, you know, new facilities for, you know, export and export that's already paid for by donors for the year 2025, right? And you can't just reallocate that money towards the starting quarterback's NIL. Like, it's already in place. So shit takes time, you know? And um, and so I, I agree with you. It's, you know, are there things that Michigan could be doing better at? 1,000%. There's always – that's always the case, right? But I think in general, like – people don't understand how complex the whole thing is. And it, it, there's so many moving parts and nobody, I, I think there are a lot of people out there at other schools that, that are going to get caught with their dick out and they're going to be, it's going to be like, Oh shit. Like the IRS is here. The fucking FBI is here because Congress is going to come in and do some shit and people are going to get in trouble. And there not many people in Michigan are ready to be, are willing to like put that on the line. Um, you know, Jared's come out and he's like, if anyone wants to come be a bag man, come be a bag man. But he's like, I'm not going to be that guy, you know, and it's okay. Yeah. I think that's like the number one thing is that the people, everyone 
who has the best idea on how to spend money are the people who don't have the money. Like there's there's people who are sitting, there's people who are sitting in their rooms on Twitter with like however much money in their bank account, which I'm not going <laughs> to judge on. But yeah. they're going to Twitter and they're like, "What are we doing? Just throw millions of dollars at JJ and Kate, and I want Dante Moore." And it's like, "Hey, Paul, you got six mil? Like, because if you do, boy, do I have a plan for you? Like, you know." But the other side of the coin is like. Being a millionaire doesn't come by spending a million dollars. Right. So true, real, like grassroots millionaires. And I'd say if you have a Michigan education, the, the, the people who are millionaires, with Michigan educations, more times than not, are pretty smart people, I would say. Right. Yep. And not every millionaire is smart. There's TikTokers that are millionaires. Those people aren't smart. Right? <laughs> so the people with Michigan degrees who are trying to like take this thing to the next level. All right. We should probably like as a society, um, maybe like bring our feet back down to earth and our heads too, and understand that like the, the millionaires became millionaires for a reason. And it wasn't because they wanted to spend a million dollars. It's because they wanted to build the wealth to get to that point. Um, so like going and throwing a million, like people are like, hey, let's give them to a mill. Like as if it's some sort of like, I'm going to go to CVS and buy a $5 candy bar, right. which is expensive for a candy bar, by the way. But I, it's just mind boggling to me that we've gotten to a point where like our message board, I, I like, I love our board, but we get to a point where like, sometimes I'm like, Hey, uh, Maison blue 1994. Like it's not that simple, man. Like I don't know how else to say this, but like throwing a million bucks ain't that simple. So it's kind of like when Vegas has the craziest line ever, like think about that Ohio state minus 19 against Michigan state line, which I gladly bet on. Uh, think about that line. Oh, that's so crazy. That's so crazy. That's so like, there's no way there's no way. So think about like when you see a report where it's like such and such players are getting three and a half mil. You think Dante Moore is going to get six and a half million. Do we really think that? Do we really think that? Cause we all know that's a reported number. So let's sit here and pretend like Dante Moore is ever in his human life going to see $6 million in between the age of 18 and 20. Cause it's not going to happen. And if it does, then I'll eat a hat. I'll eat 10 hats. Like, I don't even care. <laughs> Dante Moore can give me, like, 100 bucks for doing it, too. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where people are just, like, you give them, like, never enough. I'm reading this book right now called Psychology of Money, and this chapter is called Never Enough. And this fan base, and every fan base for that matter right now with NIL stuff, they don't understand, like, what's, quote, unquote, never enough, you know? Do we really do we do you think there's really human beings out there that want to pay an 18 year old six million dollars to go to the school that they just love? Like there's fans. They're not even they don't even have any like control over the team. Like they're like if like it's not like Harbaugh's like, hey, I'm gonna let you control it. Do you think Harbaugh's gonna let a millionaire control his depth chart because he paid Dante more to go to a school there? Because that's what's happening at other schools, is is millionaires want more control of the roster and they want more control of the school and they want facilities named after them. And Jim Harbaugh is the last motherfucker on earth. Who's going to allow that to happen. It's just 100%. not going to happen. So I just don't understand where we're like getting this disconnect that this whole thing is going to play out the way we think it's going to play out where it's just, where it's just keeping up with the Joneses. Like this shit's going to even out. It's going to calm down five years from now. It's going to be a regulated and normal thing. And, like, we're going to find a way to federally regulate it, and we're going to all come down to earth and be like, all right, amateurism was stupid, but, like, so is making every single 18-year-old a millionaire because they can throw a spinner 40 yards. Right. 
Yeah, and and I think the biggest thing that is going to happen is, you know, maybe it's not Dante Moore, but somebody like that is going to not pan out. He's gonna he's gonna be the the five star bust, right? And then all of a sudden, some donor is going to be like, "Well, fuck that. That was a bad experience. I don't want to pay three million dollars for him anymore." You know, for those guys, like. Shit like that's going to happen, and it's going to change college football a lot in the next few years. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, talking, going back into, like, uh, going into the season, what's the, you know, maybe something that's kind of off the wall that you're excited about. Everyone's excited about the new offense. Um, you talked about uh, not the new offense, but just, like, reloaded offense. Um, and then you you talked about the defense. Is there anything that's on your mind that you're like, this could be an, an X factor for Michigan this year. Uh, I think it's their, I think it's their defensive tackles. Like uh, they're, they're exciting, you know, cause I know everyone like hated down Brown's defensive tackle recruiting. I mean, for obvious right. reasons, yeah. uh, but is you there. think about like Mozzie Smith and, you know, Cam Good comes in and then you have, you know, Julius Welshoff is going to be good this year, possibly an NFL guy. Right. And, you know, I know he might come off the edge some, but like he'll mix in in the interior. Then you got guys like Kenneth Grant who are like 300 plus pounds and like belong on a football field every day of their lives. Uh, Mason Graham, who like we have heard a million things about ever since he committed and, 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 you know, more and more and more as we've gotten closer to the season. So I think their defensive tackles are just going to be like a joy to watch this year. Whereas, you know, in years past, it's been like, besides Mo Hurst, like meh, like even Hinton, like I get, he went to the NFL and all that, but like even Christopher Hinton was like, kind of meh right like we didn't get out like people didn't get out of hinting what they thought they were going to get right well, so he, sh- he should still be at michigan too let's be honest yeah and i mean yeah absolutely but and which is strange because like high education like high education guy like brother was at stanford and it was just kind of shocking to see him go when he went but um yeah i think that's the exciting part i think the other side of the coin is like i'm excited about the receivers like i think that um how that i guess what i should say what that's exciting about the receivers is like I wonder how it's going to shake out because there's so many different possibilities. Like there is a universe and I know we live in this world where like multiverses are like every, every movie is about the multiverse now. So there is one out there. Like there's a universe out there where Darius Clemens is like this unbelievable freshman, like all big 10 guy this year. And like, I'm a firm believer that Darius Clemens is really, really, really good. Like he's going to be the best receiver in a long time at Michigan, in my opinion. Uh, That, profile is like dk metcalf like the epitome like i know dk is like this once in a lifetime type of profile but like darius clemens is six foot four he ran a four three out of high school and Cade said at big 10 media days like he came he's like he came in here physically ready and he's only gotten more physically ready and like the biggest problem with receivers when they're young is what it's them not being physically ready they're too skinny like amarion walker hard to buy into that right now because he's like 50 pounds soaking wet right. whereas like Darius Clemens is like a whole man, like a whole man. Like he could probably be a bouncer at Tin Roof. You know, (laughs) that guy is legitimately a machine. So I'm excited to see how that all shakes out because, you know, you think about Ronnie, you think about Cornelius Johnson, uh, Sandra's still playing both sides, probably more in the nickel, but like playing both sides. And as the list goes on with how many receivers they have and wideouts they have in general, uh, who can make an impact this year. I mean, think about it. I didn't mention Roman Wilson. I didn't even mention Andrell Anthony. There's so many guys you can find a way into that rotation this year, realistically. And I think Darius Clemens is the most talented of them all and has the highest ceiling of them all. And I think that Jim Harbaugh is the coach who never 
keeps his best players off the field, as we know. And I think Darius Cummins has a real legitimate shot to be the best player on the field this year for them. Notice no wide receivers were at media day either. And typically those guys end up being the captains. So I wonder if there's no like quote unquote leader in the clubhouse. We know there wasn't last year. Like Cornelius Johnson's a great player, but he had a lot of drops last year that he should have caught, you know, even against Ohio State. Uh, so I just I wonder where that thing goes. We know how good Clemens was in the spring game, and I'm not trying to do the whole spring game narrative. Like that's the worst. That's yeah. the worst uh, system ever. Like if we were to track spring game star systems, like who ended up being actually good, it's probably a very low rate. But like Darius Clemens is every bit of what he was in that game and, and then some. So I think those are the two most interesting, like how good the tackles will be. And then just like, I would love to sit on my couch, turn the power button on and just watch the receivers, like the whole thing shake out because it's just yeah. going to be super interesting. There's so many ways it can go. For sure, man. It, it's going to be fun to watch. Um, you know, we're heading into camp here soon, so it's going to be, it, there really will be, a, I'm sure we're going to get zero information out of camp. So it's going to be, you know, you and and everyone else out there are going to be just digging for information for any little uh, anything. We're going to be like the little birds in the nest, just like waiting for any tidbit in a, of information from camp. But it's going to be fun to watch. So, um, hey, man, we appreciate you coming on. This has been awesome. We'll have you you on, you and Josh and Trevor for sure, we'll be doing a lot more. Maybe with the tailgates, that could be uh, that could be coming as well. Um, having you guys out there uh, too, so um, we're excited about a lot of those things. We're excited about um, the season coming up, and we appreciate you, man. Thank yeah, you, absolutely, absolutely appreciate you guys having me on and uh, bearing with me as I slept, and then my Wi-Fi taking a shit. So I appreciate that. <laughs> all good, all good. Uh, last but not least, tell the people where to uh, follow you at uh, Twitter, Brain and Justice underscore. Um, that's it. Don't follow me on anything else. I don't, I don't want Michigan fans on Instagram. I'm totally all set. That's where I get to still be my 26 year old almost. So Smart. keep it there. Smart. There you go. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. And for us, you can follow us at blue by 90 on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at blue by 90 podcast on YouTube and possibly blue by 90.com. There you go. Thanks for, thanks for following. Go blue. Go blue.